Okay. So one Saturday from one to five o'clock, or actually one to six o'clock, I was reading and I put a note. So reading is entertainment and learning and it helps writing. So it's purposeful. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Productivity Lab, where we put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Kyle. In this week's episode, we are going to be taking another page out of uh, the book review of Hyperfocus from the last episode, and we are doing the attention log for the challenge, or as Chris puts it in the book, the hourly awareness chime. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is actually kind of a series of episodes that Mark and I discussed doing uh, the other day about making the next few episodes themed after that book. So this is going to be a really fun suite to try different things out. And this one has been a really fun fun and enlightening challenge, I'd say. But yes. before we get to that, let's, uh, let's share what we've been working on a bit. What have you been working on, Mark? Um, I've mostly been working on editing these shows episodes. Ah. It's kind of been my... Uh, top priority for the past uh, few weeks while we've been doing this challenge. Um, Working specifically on editing for this episode, and I've had a a few other things that pop up thinking about primarily my my primary writing project, as well as uh, doing some planning and running the Austin Podcasters Meetup, Mm -hmm. as well as the Austin Fiction podcasters uh meetup events and preparing to go to podcast movement so it's been a little bit hectic your life is basically deemed around podcasts yes so there's going to be lots of people from austin heading to orlando florida uh for podcast movement and uh so we're gonna meet up there and i'll get the meet up with some other uh podcast community meetup leaders uh, from uh, some other cities uh, that I met last year. And uh, this is the first year that they're actually going to have the Fiction Podcasters track, which is what I'm more interested in. But yeah, so um, I'm there just more so I've kind of learned everything I needed to learn. It's more about doing Mm -hmm. now. And so I'm just there to kind of uh, relationship build and see what other people are doing and uh see if there's a trick or two i can pick up man this is the first time they're doing fiction podcasting you said yes there hasn't it's for and this is also why we split up to have a, a fiction podcaster specific meetup 90 percent of the podcast meetup or conferences are all focused on regular podcast uh or not necessarily regular podcasts but the main go-to podcast, which is your interview style podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the when it comes to fiction podcasts, it kind of requires a lot of different things. Um, so it, it's much better to go down that track when it comes to writing, audio production, sound mixing, um, people creating their own Foley uh, for their uh, podcasts and things of that nature. So it kind of dives a little bit into more into that process as most people that do fiction podcasts um, are the writers, are the uh, 
the sound production team. They're the editors. They're the directors. They either narrate or they hire a cast. Uh, so um, it's it's a little bit a little bit different than your uh, your standard interview podcast. Yeah, I could say that from me trying to start my own fiction podcast. It has been development hell for not knowing anything about it. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> People, I have so much respect for that community now. Like, I didn't even know that, that fiction podcasting is like, and that was like Night Vale and like the black tapes, and that was it. I didn't know that, that like, there's such like a huge community around it. It's like, do you like writing, but also working with people, also working with sound editing, also going to the BS that has music rights? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a, it's a wild ride. I can't really say that much in terms of the fiction podcasting community because I haven't made any myself. I've been trying to produce one, but I have so much respect for the people there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They do amazing work, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what's been filling my productivity log. Mm -hmm. What about you? It's been up and down. I'd say it's been pretty lazy on my side project life. Maya's trying to get this podcast up started. Because uh, listeners, as you might know by now, this show has been released. But as, we're, as of the time that we're speaking, which is uh, at the very first week of August, we just now released the podcast, the teaser. And I forgot how much of a headache it is to start up a podcast, like getting all the feeds ready and all that stuff. As Mark knows, I've been obsessing about the fact that the artwork isn't loading on every single app. And yes. that's really driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not healthy, but that's the way that something gets on my mind, like something as small as that. I will I will pretty much focus all my mental energy on it to get it done. And uh yeah, I've actually had to put a lot of restraint on myself today to not try to fix it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because as you're saying, be patient. It's gonna take a while for this like the RSS to like find its home in these places. Yeah. And and yeah, so that's why I was giving you uh, other examples, evidence. Um, I was like, okay, knowing Kyle, I know he's thinking about this right now. So <laughs> let me post a couple things. You know what? <laughs> what put my mind at ease is that on Spotify, our artwork is there and the podcast has been approved. So I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so that put my mind at ease. It's still not working on Pocket Cast, and that's kind of irritating me since Pocket Cast is my main podcast player of choice. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to wait until it's on apple podcast before i really make any quick decisions on that yeah so so my advice is delete it from your app the manual edition that you added mm -hmm. the, the manual um yeah. at delete it and then just wait for apple podcast approved because they receive their fee from apple yeah so, so i'm just gonna, I'm gonna be that, patient yeah. now so patient yeah that's been the past couple of days uh me and uh, my co-writer for the fiction podcast we're working on are going to start reviving our auditions that we're doing for the roles in their show. We have found ourselves very busy over the past like six months that we haven't really had a chance to sit down and talk about this project. So, like we have all the season one scripts done, but just like he's busy like almost every night of the weeknight and weekends are hit or miss depending on like if we're out of town or doing something else. So hopefully we'll find some more stability. We decide that for the foreseeable future to choose at least one day a week to at least get together and just talk about the future of the project. And then after that, work from there. But 
yeah we're we're now open for auditions and hopefully we'll have something by then but as i said earlier this thing has been in development hell for a while and our schedules don't really help that development hell like help us get that development hell and for the auditions are you looking for anyone remote or local only local only we want to work with people that we could be in the same room with awesome so if you are local in austin only reach out to us or reach out to Kyle on his uh, social media uh, if you want to audition. Yeah, actually, the Austin Fiction Podcaster Meetup is a great thing to happen around this time. So I'm hoping that that will at least get connections for people that will be interested in this project. So yeah. The only other thing that we've been working on productivity-wise that we have not mentioned these past two weeks has been our attention log, Mm -hmm. or as Chris puts it, the hourly awareness chime tell me about your experience how did that go for you i so many years ago i had this kind of like one-on-one project with a friend where we'd ping each other at random hours like we just text each other like ding uh and whenever that happened we had to go to a spreadsheet we made and we would fill out like our mood at the time to like track our moods and that that was for like about two or three weeks and that gave us like really important information for like like how we are throughout the day and this is like a very similar thing. I've learned a lot about myself. Some things that I'm not proud about. Some things turned out to be a lot better than I thought they would be. And other things would uh, disappoint myself, but wasn't really surprising. So, okay, it's been a it's been a nice ride. I I started out the project doing the same way that Chris suggested, which was going through your day every hour. I like get down, I get to work, and I'd, I'd start a timer on my Fitbit for an hour. Over that vibrate uh, an hour, I just reset it and I go to the sheet that I made and I'd fill in productive and then attractive and I'd write down the uh, what I was doing at the time and I'd write down the time and just kind of kept that like, going. I'd create columns that would like tell me like what kind of work it was based on his criteria. So like purposeful, purposeful work, distracting work, necessary work, and unnecessary work. But I quickly didn't want to see those, so I hid them for the entire test. I didn't like the idea of seeing what my results were. I'm the kind of person, like, if I'm working towards something, I don't want to know how far I'm away from the end. I just want to keep on working towards it. So I just Mm. hid those results for myself. And for the first week, I did it by the book. Kept things going every hour, productive, attractive, etc. And then I realized that there was something I was doing that wasn't really... that That made it purposeful work or necessary work but it wasn't what I should be doing. Like, for example, I consider reading nonfiction purposeful because it's giving me more knowledge on the world. But if I'm reading during a long bathroom break at work, I could should probably shorten that bathroom break and get back to work. So yeah. I created a third column saying, should I be doing it right now? And then I put yes or no into those columns. Okay. Yeah, that didn't change the results and necessary work and distracting work. It became more of an auxiliary mm-hmm. thing. And uh, and then after that, I also realized that every hour is kind of like a bad metric. There's a lot of things you could do within an hour. So I started uh, starting Monday, the second week of our challenge. I did it every half hour. So I increased the fidelity of the whole thing. And I found some interesting things. Uh, I'm not sure I should share the results right now. Or do you want to get to those later after we talk about your method? Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, let's let's hop into mine because yours was interesting as well. Something that you pointed out. So 
my my three uh, points, and I guess hopefully it doesn't get to my main takeaway, but the three things that I kind of felt when doing it was annoyance, shame, <laughs> and then more focus. Were you writing your mood next to it? Annoyance, shame, like what do you mean? No. Uh, so this is kind of uh, upon reflection of oh, doing okay. it. Okay, I see. Okay. So the first time, and and he mentions this in the book, was that it was very annoying. So having an hourly alarm, alarm for me to go and and log my activity wherever I was doing, and why and ranking whether it was productive or attractive. Uh, that just became really annoying uh, to do that. And then it it went from annoyance to shame. Once I started seeing the stuff that I was tracking early on, I felt a little bit ashamed and I wanted to actually stop doing the challenge uh, because it was like, oh yeah, you're browsing Reddit or <laughs> now you're modifying the spreadsheet to do... Uh, conditional formatting and all this other stuff is like now that's taking away from what you should be doing. Right. Um, and so it kind of, you know, gave a little bit of insight and I didn't want to necessarily see where I was spending my time, but then it guilted me into making sure that I was more focused on those particular topics. So, (laughs) As it went, it went from, yeah, like browsing YouTube or Reddit to now I was a little bit more focused that when I was logging that time, it was either a customer case that I was working on at my main work or I was writing or something else or I was having an intentional break. Um, So that's another piece uh, of what he talked about in his book was intentionality and early on I kind of lost that piece and I felt very bad like yeah I'm watching a movie but you know I intended to watch a movie during this point in time because I wanted a break so that that was kind of I was kind of feeling guilty about that so I had to kind of get over that and say hey you're allowing yourself this it's intentional Mm -hmm. um, so it's okay Um, so this kind of activity is productive and attractive. Though I did spend, apparently, an entire Saturday reading. Oh, you recorded on the weekends? I didn't do the weekends. I recorded on the weekends. Oh, wow. You're... Okay, that's interesting. Okay. So, one Saturday from 1 to 5 o'clock, for actually 1 to 6 o'clock, I was reading. Hmm. And I put a note. So, reading is entertainment and learning, and it helps writing. So, it's purposeful. <laughs> <laughs> And I had dinner, I did some drawing, and then I went back to reading. And then I wrote a short story. That, that kind of reminds me of that section in the book where he talks about like the different kinds of like ways to consume things. Like the whole usefulness, balanced, entertaining, and trashy. Sounds like that you're doing the a, dots. Yeah, sounds like that you're doing a lot of balanced work at the time. So if, and it was. And staying on topic while going off topic a little bit, because we're about to connect the dots, as Chris mentions in the book. The reading, I had gotten my Game of Thrones uh, folio edition book. And so I just had to flip through the pages. And I was reading chapter after chapter, and I was making notes, and I was mm-hmm. critiquing Martin's writing. And I I think I mentioned briefly that I 
copy written his work. It's a it's a strange way to I rewrote some of his chapters to understand yeah. how he wrote those chapters. So this was just fun reading because I just wanted to read the first page and it got so good and I couldn't stop. Then I also had a paragraph in a scene stuck in my head for a period of time that just came to me one day on the bus and I read his work, you know, read other writers work. And then I just started writing the short story. Then I took a break to do drawing, to draw out the maps Hmm. for this battle and the short story. And then when I was done, probably around midnight or so, I had written uh, 2000 words for the short story, but I'm still not done. Uh, there's still more that I'm filling in, lore and everything else. So connecting the dots, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the reading helped give me um, inspiration to launch off into writing something that's been sitting there for a week or two weeks, just this scene in the first paragraph. And I was actually finally able to get that get get that out. And then drawing a map helped further give more detail into the story. So it's connecting the dots, just like Chris said, right? Mm-hmm. Consuming other things helps you fill in and connect things that you've been thinking about, right? And scatter mm-hmm. focus mode. Yeah. So uh, I guess we should get to the results then. Yeah. So you go. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Give me one second. I'm cleaning up my notes real quickly so you could uh, get an idea of what I did. Oh, give me one. Is this with the sneak peek? Yeah. uh, So earlier this week, I sent Mark a sneak peek of what I what I did on Friday to uh, get my data better. And and my my motto is that everything that's worth doing could be made into a spreadsheet. So I went pretty all out with making spreadsheets of this. But I also forgot to designate things as percentages. So I'm trying to fix that. yeah, you're going to put my spreadsheet to shame. Yeah. Because I did none of that. <laughs> All right. I'm sending you the screenshot of my data analyst right now. Did you do anything with your spreadsheet or do you just kind of like look at it in reflection? I wanted to calculate the results to see for a particular day how much like weigh the work and see how much was... um purposeful or uh, <laughs> necessary, but um, I just didn't quite have the time to, to do that. All right. And well, I guess oh, I should give you my spreadsheet. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I am looking at a collage of varying color cells with yeah. the days of the week and percentage points within each and a breakdown for the average hour per day. Um, ranking the percentage of the work whether 36 percent was distracting or 26 percent was necessary work okay yeah this is what i wanted to do but i was like yeah i got (laughs) ain't nobody got time for that i liked this because i could see what hours of the day i was more likely to be doing purposeful work and what hours of the day i was more likely to do uh distracting work and as you could see mark I kind of start pretty strong in the morning with purposeful work, and then it goes lower and lower and lower. 
And then by the afternoon, I'm just like distracted easily, which did not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. So, so for those that, that don't see, obviously you're listening, you can't see it. I might include in the show notes. I might. You might. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You go from 60% down to 10. Yeah. (laughs) That is a, that's a big drop. It doesn't just surprise me though, because like I just noticed like an hour after lunch, I'm basically worthless. Like I could, that's like when I go to like emails at work. That's when I go into my email mode or like my my writing or reviewing mode. I don't do any design work at my office during those hours because I just it's not a good time to make good decisions. So I tend to do that. Then, and then as you see, my distracting work picks up a lot more. Like I gotta find more distractions in the office to like keep me occupied but doesn't really do anything. So yeah, I learned a lot about myself that didn't surprise me. It actually con- confirmed the theory on myself that I am a morning person and not an afternoon or evening person. I remember us talking about that before and how you say you got the most work done in the morning yep. and just kind of crashed in the afternoon. Yep. Pretty much by 2 p.m. because I eat a late lunch, like, like around 1 or 1.30. By 2 p.m. I'm just like, okay, what are the, what are the simple tasks to do around the office now? <laughs> wow the, yeah. it, this is super fascinating to see, look at on uh the day of the week on friday i have the highest amount for purposeful work and that's because i do side projects after work on friday <laughs> so <laughs> i think that really boosted that i i do half days on the office on friday and i think that a lot of that comes from a bias of going to a coffee shop afterwards and like working on editing or some of that because hobbies can help give you purpose uh, your job helps fuel those hobbies. Yeah, and it looks like Tuesday and Wednesday is when you get the most purposeful work done as well. Yeah. Monday's not so good. Thursday's not so good. I mean, once we exclude Friday, because that's a half day and you have your yeah. side projects. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really fascinating to like break this data down. And it confirmed a lot for things I do. And it actually has made me want to consider changing up my work routine since I could flex my hours in the office. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of like doing these things of uh, long stints of like nine and a half to 10 hour days. And then like trying to do like either a really short Friday or no work on Friday at all. But I think I've been like doing myself a disservice because I'm giving my, I'm not giving my best work at the end of the day. So I'm now doing for this week, I'm going to do eight and a half hour days. So I do a six hour Friday and see how that works. And then spend more time doing more professional work in the office and save the extra energy for the evening times for doing things like this. So yeah, it was a nice way to like turn the mirror on me and <laughs> go, Oh, okay. So I thought that was true, but now I know it's really true. And then also some surprising things too. Like, yeah, like, uh, there would be times where I'd be reading and I consider that purposeful, but if it's like doing like a long bathroom break, that's not what I should be doing. So logging those yeses and nos uh, was interesting to do as well. Uh, so for, for yours, um, <laughs> and, and I think I was doing a little bit too much. So I was starting the sheet from the time I normally wake up. Mm. So sometimes it will start at 5 or 6 a.m. And sometimes... <laughs> And it ends at 11 p.m. because I typically oh, wow. go to bed between 11 and midnight. And there's even earlier points where I have from 12, 12 to 5 a.m. where I'm sleeping. 
and I've logged that. Um, <laughs> but I dialed that back to when I normally wake up in the morning, um, all the way to 11 p.m. So I was I was tracking the entire day I and love weekends. That. Um, so I, I'm very curious as to how that turned out. Yeah, uh, that reminds me of you have you ever tried i haven't done this but there are people that do time tracking for their entirety of their day including sleep i'm personally terrified of that even though i (laughs) i I only time track the projects and the break in between projects Mm -hmm. so if i'm doing a writing stint um if i if i'm dedicating four hours to write or four hours to edit Mm -hmm. and i take a break i only log the time for that break but once i'm done with that project and if i'm not not doing another project i don't check my time okay yeah i i like to time track a lot of things that are project based mostly and i'll track my breaks at work but not on side projects because side projects get less of a priority so i'll track my stuff but we could get to time tracking in a different episode but i'm just curious because like that reminds me of uh those people that do time track every hour of their day so it seems like that you might be interested in doing that. <laughs> yeah, and and for the intention log, like I think it's primarily because I try to, I always have some form of side project activity happening after work. So whether that's updating small stuff for the Austin Podcasters community, um, reviewing someone's resume that they sent me, to uh, update and stuff like that. Uh, I used to do resumes many years ago um, as a side hustle. Mm. Um, Writing projects or anything, like it's a lot of my time is split between the major projects I have going on. So so that's why I did the full day of tracking, Mm. not just to see what I'm doing at work, but because I'm always working some type of side project Mm after work unless I take an intentional night off. Mm. Um, but I still wanted to track all of that for the attention log. I have nothing else left to say. Do you want to get down to final thoughts or do you have more things to say? Um, my final thoughts. Um, I was midway on this. Um, so I guess um, I will give my final thoughts and, and score. So I rated this a three out of five. Wow. Um, even though um, I can see some benefits and I started to see it as the more as I did it, right? Mm-hmm. Going from annoyance, shame to uh, now as a more <laughs> focus, it was still slightly irritating to update hourly what I was working on uh, because then it took away my attention from something that I was working in, right? Um, and it typically takes 15, 20 minutes. Um, I think Chris even puts in his book like 22 or 27 minutes. Yeah, it's like, yeah, 22 sounds right. Yeah, to focus back or to get back into the zone, if you will, with what you were working on. So if I was working on something and then boom, the hourly chime, hey, what are you working on? Is this something you planned on working on or are you doing in autopilot? It pulled me out of what I was working Mm on. Um, But I think it's really good i think it's really good to catalog or get a sense of where your time is actually being spent 
or where your attention is actually being spent and to determine if that activity is intentional or not. And I think it pairs well when you do it, when you add it to something else, but not not standalone, uh, if you will, but if you pair it with something else. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great audit log. If you're Mm -hmm. looking for something to... um, and I tell people this in your in, in personal budget finance stuff too, right? Track your receipts. See where you're spending your money. Don't change anything yet. Mm-hmm. Track your receipts. Track where your spending is first because I want to catch you in your natural habitat. Mm-hmm. Um, don't change anything. I want to see what you do, uh, right, when no one's looking. And that's what I feel the attention log is. So now I got my receipts and I can sit down and I can look at it and say, Okay, mm-hmm. here's some trends. Here's where I think I'm most productive, least productive, and here's some things that I'm doing. So, how can I pair this data with um, uh, some other tips and other things to get me back on track and make me a little bit more productive? So, I, I think it's a great primer, a great way to audit yourself uh, to find that information, um, which is. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think it's great to find that information, but it should be used with something and not just as a standalone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's good to do this occasionally. I wouldn't uh, say it's good to keep all the time because it is time-consuming and distracting. Uh, like you said, like mm-hmm. you'd be working on something. It's like, damn, I got to do this now? All right, okay, this is blah, 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 blah. All right, where was I? It could break your attention. But I think it's good to do it for like, I don't know. Two weeks, I think, is a good amount of time to like, kind of like, audit yourself, get that data together, and then go and break it down somehow. You could do like I did it, or you could probably get your own metrics as well. And um, yeah, I think that, that there's a lot of good benefits in this kind of data. And at the very least, if you did it for two weeks, you could do, you'd say, okay, this is where I'm weakest at. Like, like how I said earlier that I'm going to change my my flex work hours in the office and try to see if we can make it more beneficial for me as an employee to like do more, do more, uh, productive work around the office and then, uh, leave whenever I know that I'm running out of steam. And then after that move and use that rest of energy on my side projects instead of like being drained at the end of the day, like I've been for like the past couple of months. So I think it's good for that. And it might be good to like bring back into your life, like every three to six months just to get an idea of like where you currently stand. Like maybe you fell back into old habits and you need to change that. Or maybe you're starting a new job or a new project and you want to know like how that works. Like I know, for example, I will find any excuse not to write whenever I want to work on a writing project. So I might be good to like audit my writing sessions and like see like how much time I spend on, on Reddit and how much time I actually spend writing. Uh, I think it's good just to kind of get a good overview, but I wouldn't recommend doing it all the time. And for that reason, I give it a four out of five. I think that there's okay. a lot, there's tremendous benefits here. You take a step back, look at the mirror. You might not like what you see, or <laughs> you might be pleasantly surprised, or you might be a combination of the two like I was. And then take a look at what you have and then go from there. And yeah, I think it's good to get this kind of data. I will, I'm the kind of person that I love spreadsheets and I will take any excuse to do a spreadsheet project if I can. I love doing the data anal- data analysis with the spreadsheet. So I, I really enjoyed this one. If you're not really into like data, like being a data analyst on yourself, 
then maybe this isn't a thing for you and i probably give it a lower score for those kinds of people like if you're like i really do not like looking at data or then i'd try to find something more automatic i'm not sure there's probably some apps out there for that if i could find some i'll look for them i know there's like mood tracker apps out there there might be more apps for this like too things like this too and not exactly the same but similar if they if they do exist i'll include them in the show notes do my homework later yeah I, that's all i have to say it's a great thing if for data nerds like myself and i think that's good to take a step back in the mirror but i wouldn't recommend doing it all the time because it could be overwhelming it could be distracting you might have the problem of big data and have too many data points to work with i think it's just good to do two weeks at a time change your routine after that if you need to or just continue doing what you're doing and then move on to doing it again in like three months to six months if you're really interested in, in what your daily life is like in terms of work wise i would also include in adding an extra column for the should i be doing it right now because there is some distracting work that is purposeful for you but not for what your project is so i definitely include having an additional column for that i agree with everything that you just said it's it's a good tool in your toolkit to audit yourself if you feel that you're straying away from focusing on the work that you need to focus on. Mm -hmm. And if you're curious about where you're spending your time, this is a great way to create an audit of your time and your attention. That's true. All right. Well then next week or not next week for the next two weeks, we now have a challenge that's kind of based off of this inspired by this and inspired by the book hyperfocus. Like I said earlier, where uh, Mark and I will be using an Eisenhower matrix to organize our task for the day. Yes. And yeah. so from the hyperfocus book, uh, he labeled it as the four types of task. And it's going to sound very familiar to it, uh, as this was in our attention log. And that's having a square, four squares. And you either note that it's necessary, unnecessary, distracting, um, or uh, purposeful. And you also note whether it's unattractive, attractive, productive, or unproductive. So as we're, while we have an audit log, so as we're starting the work or looking for the work that we're going to do throughout the day, we would put those particular projects or tasks within those box. And then we would choose the most attractive, most productive and the one that's the least attractive and the, the least productive gets discarded and thrown in a trash, never to be looked at again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually the second end of this whole equation is that now we know, like at least with the spreadsheet that I made for myself, we now know like the hours and the days that we're most productive on different kinds of work. So it'd be also nice to know, like, to optimize it some more, like even do more purposeful work during like the morning hours for myself. And so on and so forth. I did not put on tracking this the attention log, but we're just going to take a look at the system and see how it works. Uh, for those who are not aware of the Eisenhower matrix, I'll include a link to that in the show notes. The one that Chris recommends in the book is just kind of like a modified version of it in terms of purposefulness instead of importance. Uh, and also the Eisenhower matrix also has a access for urgent and not urgent or then Chris in this case does attractive and not attractive. So we're going to put this, his version of the Eisenhower matrix to the test 
and see how it works. We'll get back together in two more weeks to discuss how we did it in our daily lives. I actually started doing mine this morning since today is technically our first day of the challenge. So, did you? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> okay, well, we technically don't start the challenges until after we record the episodes, but I was like, I'm ready to start this. So, I got warmed up to it. Yes. So, the, the, the yeah, this week is going to be a little bit weird uh, for me for the Eisenhower Matrix, but, and next week, since I'll be at a conference, will be weird. <laughs> but a uh, good thing is that Chris made a note of this in his book, right? Specifically, if you were at a conference, for example, mm. you may not necessarily have the, the uh, intention to get X things done in your particular project because your focus is going to be elsewhere. So I imagine not having any productive moments at all um, there. So there's going to be other things like meet five new people uh, at the conference and exchange information or do other things uh, as far as like relationship building and stuff. So those are going to be my particular items that, that I will put and build out. Uh, to make sure that I'm still productive uh, at a conference and meeting and communicating and relationship building with people. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to hear about your usage of these productivity methods at a very casual event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, uh, Mark, do you want to tell people where they can find you? No. Oh, you cannot okay. find us. Listen you to the last episode to know where to find them then. <laughs> exactly. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab. And you can find our website at theproductivitylab.show. And that will be all in the show notes. You can find all the show notes on the website, theproductivitylab.show as well. You can find me on inter- on the Instagrams and the Twitters <laughs> at AskMarkio. That's AskMarkio. And my website is AskMark.io. And where can they find you, Kyle? They could find me at KyleSQ9 on Twitter and Instagram. And then also my website, Quadrant9.net. And yeah, that's about it. And don't forget to, uh, I guess now that we're presently producing this show live not live but you know i mean don't forget to follow us if you have apple apple podcasts feel free to rate us and yeah so on and so forth we want to hear back from you if you have any ideas for challenges you could tweet at our handle at productive lab or you could tweet at either mike or i and let us know what you think about the show and if there's anything that could be changed or you'd like to hear more of we're open for feedback and one to go on this journey with you as well. Indeed. Let us know how you fare on these challenges as well. All right. Well, in the meantime, stay productive.
Good, good. Ooh, I can multiply. Not sure if that was a good drag or not. <laughs> That's perfect. I didn't miss the cell. Good thing that most has to be added out, but good blooper footage. Can we get a rewind on that? 